What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Deer Vane Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Heller, and today we're going to be going over hunting tactics for kind of that late September, early October, and uh, mid-October season kind of time frame in there. I like to call it the late early season, and really what it all boils down to is it's a food source transition, so you're not really able to hunt food sources that effectively anymore, and you need to find other ways to hunt during this time frame. So if you think about it in terms of season openings and things like that, uh, some seasons like the Dakotas open late August, like August 31st and early September, September 1st. And when those seasons open, soybeans are your primary food source for deer. Corn isn't really applicable as a primary food source for deer or as a sought after food source for deer until you know late mid to late October or so when it starts to really get ripe and... Um, and the farmers can start get in there and start cutting it. So uh, we're going to be talking about soybeans for the most part in, in this early part. And I'm going to also exclude uh, food plots and like baiting because those are kind of outliers. But in general, uh, in the really early seasons like September 1st in the Dakotas, soybeans are going to be your number one target. They're lush. They're green. Deer really like them. Deer are going to be after them. So that's where you're going to go. As far as... Uh, moving on into mid-September or later September, like Wisconsin opens up September 14th. And when I was hunting, some soybeans, some fields were still green, some fields were already yellow. And once they get that yellow, and it seems to be even if they just get a speck of yellow in the field, the deer just kind of totally shut off about them. So uh, especially, and then if you move on even to like October 1st, which is when some other states open, I know Illinois opens October 1st, uh, you're really not going to be hunting soybeans kind of at all because they're all going to be yellow at that point, And you're going to be looking for other, other types of food sources. So I said, I was going to exclude food plots, but here's the only time I'll talk about it. If you do have food plots, it's a great time to use food plots in that early October, late September timeframe. But for the most part, what you're going to be targeting is natural food sources. And by that, I mean acorns, chestnuts, apple trees, pear trees, grapes, if you got them, uh, hickory nuts, anything that's kind of natural. The deer love to just generally browse. So, um, and that's not a very specific. If you hear something in the background, that's my dog walking around. He's pacing for some reason. I don't know. Maybe a storm's coming in. But... Um, anyway, the, the browse, when you're talking about browse, uh, the best way to explain it is it's just scattered throughout. Like that's literally what it sounds like is deer are just wandering around, picking little green pieces here and there and just eating what they feel like eating. And what I'm, what we're going after is targeted food sources, a destination food source where deer want to go to eat and spend some time. So for my favorite food source, and if you follow any of my Instagram stuff or any of my Facebook stuff, is acorns. I love acorns because I've had so much luck over them. I almost always see deer over acorns where I'm hunting. Uh, If I can find some secluded uh, good oak trees that are holding acorns and I can get back in there and get set up on them, it's a great, great strategy to find deer that a lot of other people aren't you know nine out of ten hunters are pretty much going to hunt field edges if you know if you're hunting a piece of public land and you got some soybeans on there and you got let's just say five on their other hunters out there three of them are going to be trying to hunt that soybean field 
One of them's going to be just off doing whatever they want to do. And then you'll be that fifth one that's targeting uh, oak trees back in the woods and finding, um, you know, highly used areas of acorns. So that's the strategy I, I've used on public and it seems to work really well. I The only time I ever have issues with that actually is when small game hunters come through. Uh, small game hunters love acorns as well because that's where all the squirrels are in the early season. So you're going to have to find, I've had to play around with that and I've had a few uh, weekend hunts kind of busted up from that. You know, it is what it is. It's public land. Everyone has a right to do it. Uh, so I've just kind of weeded out spots and pieces of public that are heavily hit by small game hunters. And, uh, and I just go to other more secluded, harder to get to areas um, that hold acorns and that's where I go. But I've had great success with that. And I hear chestnuts are very good if you can find those as well. Um, apples are premium. Uh, I've hunted some private pieces over apple trees and they are very good in the early season, um, that late September, early October timeframe. Because one of the other things that you gotta think about is deer all summer had this fantastic, you know, hundreds of acres of food source in these soybeans. And now it's all gone. And they need to supplement that with something. They need to go somewhere else. So they're going to find another food source. And once they find it, they're going to sit there and eat on that until, you know, they're full of that or whatever and they want to move on. And a lot of times that food source is the closest thing to their beds. So let's just say you have, you know, an apple tree that's 500 yards from a bedding area and a bunch of oak trees that's 100 yards from the bedding area. More than likely, unless they're just totally sick of acorns, they're going to go to that, that oak flat first, eat some acorns there, and then maybe browse their way over to the apple tree, eat a couple apples and come back. They're kind of like humans in the sense that they want a variety in their diet. So they're going to eat multiple food sources. It's just which ones they're going to hit during daylight hours. And that's usually the closest one to their bedding area. So if you can figure out that bedding area, that's always a troublesome piece. And it's really hard for me to explain how to do that. The best way I can explain is to scout. Scout a lot and scout often in the winter and spring. And wherever you jump deer, where you're walking through the woods and all of a sudden deer just bust out, that's a bedding area. And then you mark that. You know, and that's the best way I've come to do it, actually. I, I, and once you start doing that over and over and over again, and like I would spend four to five hours a day on a weekend just walking pieces of public and, and trying to jump deer, trying to get into the thick areas where I can find if deer are in there. And if they are, I jump them. And then I know that that's a bedding area. And once you do that enough, you kind of figure out, okay, this is probably a bedding area. This isn't, this is probably a bedding area. And then you can kind of start to pick that apart on satellite maps. And it's really comes down to experience and knowledge. I, I can't explain it any other better way than that. But, uh, but anyway, um, going after those acorns or whatever is that closest food source to their bedding area. So, and if you're, like I said, I can't explain that any better way, but it's usually the thickest on, on a piece of public. It's the thickest area you can find somewhere that you don't think anybody else goes. There's not really good, uh, human like trails going to and from this area. It's not right off the main drag kind of back off to the side that no one really looks at or anything like that, that's probably going to be your bedding area. And if you can find a food source close to a thick, brushy area, uh, you might get close to it. 
And if you if you have a bunch of those, then start setting up trail cameras, and uh, I'll cover that on a later podcast. But essentially, you know, hang your trail cameras up 10 feet in the air, lock them up with a lock on the door as well as a cable lock all the way around, and uh, set those up on those areas, and, and hopefully that'll prevent theft and you know disruption of that camera as well as give you some very important data that will help you narrow down where you want to hunt so that being said about all those food sources and going after those natural food sources the next thing i would suggest in that late september early october to mid-october is actually getting out and trying some other types of hunting tactics so if you were just hunting food that's a food source hunting tactic there's other ways to hunt deer, of, of course. The first one that I want to, or the ones that I want to cover today are large trails, just really big highways where you just see big trails. So covering large trails, bedding areas, which we kind of touched on, pinch points or funnels, and then early opportunity scrape areas. So those are the four different hunting tactics I wanted to talk about. And I'll just start with the large trails. When you're walking through the woods and you find a big, huge, you know, we always call them, my friends and I call them cow paths or highways. Uh, those are great places to hunt during this time frame, or at least try to hunt them. You know, you're not going to be seeing deer, deer on the field edge, so get off, try some new tactics. Uh, when you're hunting, when you come across a really large trail, what I like to do personally is I get on that trail and I follow it whichever direction I think is leading away from the most pressure. So, you know, if I have a choice of going back towards the parking lot or away from the parking lot, I'm going away from the parking lot. And what I do is I take that back until that huge highway splits. At some point, it'll split into two trails, three trails, four, four trails, you know, or it'll dive into, you know, a really thick area or it'll open up into another field or something like that. So I follow that back until I find some sort of convergence point. And once I find that, that's where I'm going to set up. Uh, I'd rather have all those areas kind of come together. It's kind of be like, you know, going through a four-way stop intersection. Like there's going to be more cars at a four-way stop intersection than on a single road. That's the best way I can explain it. Uh, you're just going to get more action in that area and you're going to learn more in that area. So if you're hunting those large trails, try to find where they break off or intersect or they all converge into something else. Um, or also like a, a terrain transition. So if you find the big trail in a woods and then it leads out to a field and then just goes straight across that field, you know, for a thousand yards or whatever, hunt that edge right there that transition from the woods to the field, or if you're going from a woods to a swamp, or maybe, you know, you're going from one type of woods, like big mature oaks to totally new growth, I don't know, pines or something like that. Those edge transitions tend to be very uh, effective for deer hunting. So, so if you get on those trails, find those transitions, that's great. Find those convergence points. Uh, and that, that would be how I would hunt those large trails. And one of the things I really like to do actually is hunt. I like to hang my, if I don't know, like if I'm walking through the woods, I've never had a trail camera out here, whatever. And I want to hunt this trail. I'm actually going to hang my stand up and hunt the evening when I can get in there really easily and see everything. And then I'm going to hunt it again right away in the morning. 
because if I don't see anything in the evening, I'm, that might not have been an evening spot trail convergence area. It might have been a morning spot. So if I can get back out there in the morning, maybe I can see deer then. And a lot of times you can do that without um, letting them know you're there and having that presence in the area. Say, say, And what I mean by that is say you hunt it in an evening on like a Friday night and then you come back and try to hunt it on a Monday morning. Well, the deer had two days to figure out that you were in that tree via scent, them walking by, them just smelling your boots, smelling your clothes, smelling your hunting gear, whatever it is. They had two days to figure out that you were in there. Whereas if you hunt it on a Friday night and then again right away on a Saturday morning, they only have a few hours to figure out that you were in there. And if they didn't pass through there in that time frame, then you got pretty good odds of being able to catch them by surprise. So... That's what I really like to do that. Um, and it just, I hate to go new places in the morning too. So if I set up in the evening, I know exactly where I'm going to go back to in the morning and how to set up and how to climb that tree again, because I just did it the night before. So that's always a, a fun tactic that I like to use. Uh, and it gives you a lot of insight as to whether a spot's a morning spot or an evening spot. And a lot of times you just don't know. So hunting like that can definitely help you out there. Also, just dropping a trail camera in that same area will give you that same information, but uh, obviously you can't kill anything through a trail camera, whereas if you actually hunt it, you can kill something through it. All right, on to the next one, bedding areas. Bedding areas, like I said, they're tough. They're hard to explain. If you have an idea as to where they are, though, say, you, say you've hunted a property for a few years, you're just having trouble this year or something like that, and you know, oh, man, if I ever walk over here, I like always jump deer or I always hear deer blowing at me from over here or something like that, that's most likely a bedding area. So if you can get close to that bedding area, your odds of seeing deer during daylight hours go way up. And the big key to hunting bedding areas, there's two of them. One of them is always have the right wind. Always, always, always have the right wind. So always have that wind in your face so the wind's not blowing into that bedding area and you can get in there uh, without your scent blowing in there. People like to say that deer always walk with their nose into the wind and that's 100% not the case. Uh, Deer will if they want to go somewhere, regardless of the wind, they're going to go there. They might take a roundabout way to get there every now and then, but I've seen mature bucks, I've seen young bucks, I've seen mature does, young does walk with the wind at their back and 100% have the wind in my favor and have them come walking right by. Uh, It's just not true that they're always walking into the wind. So always, always, always have the right wind if you're hunting a bedding area. And then the other thing is always have a good entry and exit route. So a lot of times if the deer, if, if a deer's bedded up and it's in its area or whatever, the wind is going to be at its back so it can smell anything coming from behind him and it's going to be looking out in front of it, whether it, that's just, you know, 10 feet to the edge of a, like a grassy wall, or if you're hunting like a ridge line, it might be, they might be able to see a hundred yards or 200 yards out from that spot. So when you're, when you're planning your entry and exit route into this, into this area, try to keep your visibility to a minimum and always keep the wind in your favor again. So a high wind 
if you're trying to get in close, like a 15 mile an hour or greater wind will really help you minimize your noise uh, and really help keep everything quiet. And deer like that wind too. So, you know, you get in there at, say it gets dark at seven, you get in there, you start going out there at three o'clock, you got a 15 to 20 mile an hour wind by six o'clock. Uh, you know, you only got a 10 mile an hour wind and the deer are very comfortable with that and they're going to get up and start moving and you might be able to get an opportunity there. Uh, excuse me, drink break. So those, that, those are my two rules for hunting bedding areas. Uh, always have the right wind and plan your entry and exit routes. One last thing on entry and exit routes is if you can find a ditch or you can get some sort of cover, say like using people call them like a, a food plot screen sometimes, like they'll plant corn just so they can walk in without being seen. You know, if you can find any sort of terrain feature that covers your visibility, that's always a big benefit too. Because sometimes in these early season, these earlier times, deer don't move far off of a food source and if you're say you're trying to hunt these acorns and the deer are only you know 100 yards or 80 yards or less off off these oak trees then finding a way in there that keeps your visibility to a minimum is very key because they might be able to see you the whole way if you don't keep if you don't focus on that or at least think about it on your way in so you may have the wind in your favor, but they might be able to see and they'll just bust out of there that way too. So always keep that in mind and always try to minimize visibility, minimize sound, and minimize scent. The next one I wanna talk about is pinch points or funnels. So uh, when I was first starting to learn how to deer hunt, pinch points and funnels were always like a great mystery to me. I could never like figure out what was a funnel or what was a pinch point. And the best way I can explain this uh, using satellite maps is so much easier, but if you were to picture like an hourglass, all right, and on the the top of the hourglass is a woods, and then where it gets real skinny is also woods, and then on the bottom is woods, and to the right and left of the hourglass are yellow soybean fields. Okay, deer aren't really necessarily going to want to walk and expose themselves if they want to go from north to south right through those wide open soybean fields. What they'd rather do is take that woods right on through from north to south and even so up on the north side it's really big and then it funnels down and gets really skinny in the middle and then widens back out on the bottom. So that part where it gets really skinny that's a pinch point or a funnel because deer don't want to expose themselves they're going to stay in the woods and hidden as best they can and that woods let's just say it narrows down to only 30 yards wide there's going to be a really nice trail going right through the middle or off to one of the sides of those that that piece and that's your funnel and that's your pinch point another great uh pinch point or funnel area would be like rivers so if a couple rivers come together or something like that um, you can find where's the land and where are the rivers and how does this gonna like gonna affect the deer in terms of movement deer don't really like to jump in the river and cross unless they have to um, they're being pressured or for some real strange reason like during the rut they just want to get over there so what they'd rather do is just walk the edge of the river until 
uh, they get to a crossing point and then they cross. So that's also a great pinch point or funnel, which is where those happens. And if you're cross, if you like hunting creeks or rivers or anything like that, my best advice is to just find those crossings and hunt those crossings because deer have picked those crossings for a reason and they like to use them and want to use them. So just hunting those crossings can provide some very effective uh, hunting methods as well. As far as um, hunting those, uh, mornings or evenings doesn't really matter uh, right now. You can, my best advice is an evening hunt. Morning hunts don't seem to be as productive in the earlier seasons as they do, you know, in the pre-rut or rut or even late season. Uh, I couldn't tell you why. I just feel like deer get to their bed sooner during the early season than when they do later in the year. So, you know, in the mornings you're trying to catch deer going from wherever they were eating back to where they want to bed for the rest of the day. And in the evenings, they're just getting up to go out to their food. So, you know, they've been laying in bed all day and they tend to just get up earlier and they expose themselves more in the evening hours than in the morning hours right now in this time frame. So my best suggestion would be if you're going to hunt that pinch point or funnel at one point, I'll hunt it in the evening first. And then again, like I said, or like I mentioned previously, uh, in the morning as well the next following morning so that you don't give them time to figure out that you're in there. So that was pinch points and funnels. The next piece I wanted to cover were was like scrapes, um, early scrapes, open, open scrapes, open area scrapes. And scrapes generally open around, oh, say October, 12th. That's a real general rule of thumb. But in Wisconsin, that's when I really start seeing some scrape action. You're going to see it earlier and you're going to see it later. Uh, just generally October 12th to the 15th is when you're going to find that smaller bucks and some mature bucks will start making and starting scrapes. One of my favorite tactics is to hunt those scrape lines. If you get out there, if you can get out there, um, in early to mid-October and you can find where those all those scrapes are and if you plot them on a satellite map so this is one thing that I really do and really I did and, and it really helped me a lot was I got out there uh, during gun season actually a few years ago onto this piece of public and I just marked every single scrape I found and it didn't mean much to me at the time. I was just like, wow, there's a bunch of scrapes. There were like nine or 10 of them that I found on this couple hundred acre piece. And what I ended up seeing when I got back to my house and looked it all over, I didn't see any deer that day or anything like that. But what I ended up seeing was they were all almost in a line. So they kind of had a pattern to them. So based on that pattern, I could actually guesstimate where the bedding areas were and then I can set up close to those bedding areas and catch those deer that are getting up from their bed and going to that very first scrape to check it. So that actually helped me uh, see a lot more deer. I had a great couple encounters uh, last year actually with a really nice 10 point, um, a nice eight point, and a couple small bucks just from understanding that pattern. Um, it's, it's, it was really helpful for me and hunting scrapes. 
are probably one of my favorite tactics because scrapes are kind of like miniature homing beacons for deer. <laughs> That's the best way I can explain it. People like to hunt rubs and rub lines, and there's just so many rubs and so many rub lines that it's hard to actually distinguish which ones are being used regularly or even if any of them are being used regularly. Whereas scrapes, you know, there could be 50 rubs in an area and only one scrape. And the scrape is where deer come to com communicate and figure out who, like, you know, what does are in estrus, what does are there, what bucks are there. Um, you know, are there any, is there anything else going on in their area and who's here and all that stuff. Whereas a rub doesn't tell you that. So deer just naturally gravitate towards scrapes because it's a community signal for them. And you're just going to naturally find more activity over a scrape than you are any sort of rubs. So if you're out and you notice a scrape or anything like that, one that opened super early, I had a friend of, my, friend of mine text me a, a scrape that he's got that's already opened up and he's got deer already using on his trail camera, uh, you know, go hunt that. There's nothing wrong with hunting those scrapes early. And you never know what you're going to find. A lot of them, a lot of the pictures he sent me from his trail camera were nocturnal, you know, pictures from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. But at the same time, you might be able to catch those deer just on an off day or something, hitting that during daylight hours. But hunting those scrapes early uh, can be a very effective tool to, uh, or a very effective tactic and get you, you know, at least in the ball game. Whereas, you know, hunting over yellow soybeans just probably isn't going to do it for you. So those are the four main tactics that I would use, or at least I would try large hunting, large trails, you know, those cow or highways, hunting outside of bedding areas, hunting pinch points or funnels, and then, uh, hunting early scrapes or early indicated scrape areas and scrapes tend to be, uh, an annual or habitual, um, at, a, at an annual spot. So if there was a scrape here last year, there probably is gonna be here this year and next year. So if you found one last year uh, and it's not open yet, just keep an eye on it because at some point it will most likely open up. And, uh, and at that point, you know, okay, this is an active scrape. Let's get in here and hunt this. And, if, and especially if you're like there on a Friday and it's not open and you get there on a Saturday and it's open, hunt that spot because that means that there is a buck in the area. He just made that scrape. He's probably going to come back, you know, tomorrow or the next day and check it. So uh, what they'll do is they'll open it up and they'll broadcast out to all the deer in the area. Hey, I'm here. Um, you know, is anyone else around? And then other deer will find that they'll put their scent in there and say, Hey, I'm here too. I'm here too. And then that buck will come back and go, Oh, okay. You know, this doe's here, that buck's here, blah, blah, blah. You know, should I move on? Should I stay here? What should I do? But he'll come back and check to see what's going on in, in his neighborhood. So uh, if you're there when he comes back and checks, hopefully you get an opportunity and it's a buck you want to take. So that would be the uh, scrape strategy as well. And then the last thing I just wanted to touch on was the October lull. I think... The October lull isn't a real thing. I think it's just a lot of pressure, a lot of people getting in the woods at that point in time, and deer just kind of figure out, oh crap, we're being hunted now, so let's just 
be very selective about where we move and how we move. Uh, that being said, if you follow these strategy, these hunting strategies, hunting large trails, bedding areas, pinch points and funnels and scrapes, the primary one being if you can find bedding areas uh, or natural food sources, finding those oak flats really close to bedding areas, you're still going to see plenty of deer during the October lull. Uh, the last four years I've been hunting public land and I have not noticed any sort of slowdown from October 1st to October 20th and the amount of deer that I see. Uh, another big uh, piece there is weather. So weather plays a big role in that. If you can get out after um, after a big temperature drop, so say it's 75 today and tomorrow it's going to be 68 or 65 or something like that, that is a great indicator for deer movement. So when you're hunting those early seasons like the, the quote-unquote October lull from October 1st to like the 20th or so or something like that like there's definite opportunity to be had you just got to get out there and hunt um, non-field edges you just got to get back deeper uh, you got to get closer to bedding areas and hunt secluded food sources rather than big open food sources and again that weather thing was just a uh an added benefit if you can get on those cold fronts they are a huge uh helpful natural occurrence to get deer up and moving i remember last year specifically i hunted a cold front it dropped from 75 down to about 65 and i had a 15 mile an hour wind and i hunted an area that i'd hunted before uh, i've hunted it i hunted it twice earlier that year didn't see anything the first time second time i sat it i saw three does and then this time I sat it and I saw five bucks and three does. Um, and they were all within 70 yards. And that was, I think it was mainly because of that cold front coming through. And it was also like October 14th or something like that. So it wasn't, you know, this prime time to be out. It was just a great uh, weather day. I was in the right air, right time. And I was able to see a lot of deer. And they also came out two hours before dark. So, you know, it got dark at like 6 o'clock at that point in time. And they were out there at like 4.15, 4.30. So I was baffled by it. But <laughs> at the same time, uh, that weather can play a huge role. And don't worry about the October lull. Don't think, oh, it's the October lull. I shouldn't hunt. No, get out there, hunt, and explore. And at least give some areas a try. Um I just, I, I feel obligated to say these things because I know so many new hunters out there are just hunting food sources and just hunting field edges because that's what they see on TV or that's what, you know, the magazines tell them to do or whatever it is or, um, but that's not the best case. And it's not often the case for a lot of public land hunters. A lot of public land doesn't even have soybeans or cornfields on them. They just have swamp and marsh and CRP fields and things like that. So finding those natural food sources, those bedding areas, and then also keeping an eye on the weather and figuring out, you know, hey, can I take this Thursday afternoon off or something like that based on the weather um, is a big, big help during that October, that early October, mid-October time frame. All right. So hope all that stuff helps, guys. Uh, if you like this podcast, please, you know, leave me a review. Uh, give me a subs subscribe. Uh, 
Find me on Instagram. It's Deervain. Find me on Facebook. It's also Deervain. D-E-E-R-V-A-N-E. And uh, appreciate your time, guys. Hope it was helpful again. And uh, catch you next time.